1: Joy 99.7 FM.
2: Live on radio, live online. This is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr.
3: Hello, the weekend is here and so is the locker room. Here on the locker room, we preview all of the weekend's action and there are top liners for you this weekend all across. The MTN FA Cup takes center stage locally. League leaders Ediana FC sorry, host Kotoko at Zdoma Do- while Dreams FC and Liberty Professionals face off as part of this weekend's local top liners, meanwhile in England.
2: At Wembley
3: on February the 26th. Yes, that's right, because outside the Europa League heroics over Barcelona, Eric Ten Hag's magical Manchester United take on Newcastle in their Carabao League Cup Final. This will be a first cup final for the Red Devils since 2017, the year they last lifted any form of silverware. Newcastle will look to extend that barren run for, for the Red Devils, as they also make a cup final for you know, as they also make a cup final return after almost five decades. 1976 was the last time they played in one. Where was I then? 1976? <laughs> I can't remember. Was I even around by then? Nope. So definitely Newcastle, like club reborn under new ownership from the Middle East, Qatar, wherever you might want to call it. So we we'll look up and ahead into the game. but also here for you on the locker room is one very special conversation
2: speaking of world records Duplantis is it on oh that's ridiculous that is absolutely ridiculous Have could we finish any other way than with a world record from the greatest pole vaulter our sport has ever seen? You could not script that any better. Usain Bolt, running, here he comes. Usain Bolt, nine point five eight, smashing the world record. Unbelievable! He's done it again. That is the most incredible piece of sprinting the world scene absolutely breathtaking he didn't just break his world record he absolutely shattered it is there anything this man is not capable of person who is able in this arena is on their feet. Gold, silver and bronze to the United States. Fred Curley achieves a lifelong dream. She's bidding for a fifth world title and she's going to do it. Shelly anne Fraser-Price from Elaine Thompson-Herrer. Five world titles. It's Jackson's turn to be the queen of sprinting. 21. Six, she becomes the fastest living woman on earth. He was tamed in Tokyo, but with the heart of an American lion, Lyles has roared back to the top.
3: The best, the absolute best of the world athletics championships, and we are just some six months away. So we had logged in into athletics. Ghana had 7 athletes at the 2022 World Athletics Championships held in Oregon. And as previously mentioned, Budapest 2023 is about 6 months away. So the question, how many athletes will p- represent Ghana this year? Ghana Athletics CEO, Bao Fusseini says he's expecting more medals from our athletes this year. But there's only one way that is possible. For more medals, we need more athletes in Budapest. Already we have two. Long jumper Deborah Aqua and the 4x100m relay team have secured their spots. But with new qualification, you know, criteria and methods or even rules for this year's World Athletics Championships, it leaves some of our top performing athletes from this current ongoing season at risk or let's say in some jeopardy.
0: We used to use our colleges' um, distances and times to qualify for the World Championship in the Olympics. But now, you have to go to a certain amount of meat or you have to do, your country has to organize a certified competition for you to qualify for the World Championship. So it won't be that easy. So like if I, even if I jump like 6.50, 6.60, I cannot go unless I go to a certified um, competition organized by the school or sexist relay. I think they have some certain competition in America that you can use to qualify. Other than that, our small meet like that, you cannot use it to qualify anymore.
3: 100 meter headler, long jumper, and triple jumper, Jacqueline Pokoa, who only three days ago broke a 30-year-old long jump school record at the University of Louisiana Lafayette and also holds three other records from the Cloud County Community College and also University of Akron, could miss out on the on Budapest 2023 if she's unable to make it to this year's top meets. We'll bring in the joint sports exclusive with the student athletes. She spoke to me after her record-breaking leap at the Soundbelt conference only three days ago. It will be your first bite on tonight's locker room, we also have for you.
2: So Paris, let, let's stop it by. We're stopping 1.1 behind. chequered flag to win the Japanese Grand Prix. A 32nd career win then for Max Verstappen. Same as Fernando Alonso, a second world title for Max Verstappen. He is champion of the world in 2022.
3: The Baron GP is on. Well, almost. The 20 drivers and 10 teams currently tightening up their cars ahead of the season's lights out in Western Asia. Max Verstappen, the 2022 champion, topped timesheet of the first test by 0.029 seconds, quicker than Fernando Alonso while Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc came in 3rd and 4th. And who led the timesheets on day 2 of testing, who let you know who when Ramon Yamado, Ramon Yamado joins us on the locker room. So it's a packed 60 minutes of sports across board. So you do stick and stay. I am Michelle Quetecueno. If you'd like to send us a message, we'd love to read it. 055-1111-997. It's the locker room. Stick and stay. Well then, let's get into our first dose and its athletics, if you guess it, yes you guess it right. I saw with 100 meter headler, long jumper and triple jumper, Jacqueline Pokia, who only three days ago broke a 30-year-old long jump record at the University of Louisiana, Lafayette. And guess what, she didn't even know to, you know, long, she didn't even know to like long minutes after the race when she and her team were about to check out to the mid-center. <laughs> but besides that records she has at the University of Louisiana. She also holds other records from the Crown County Community School and the University of Akron. So, Pokia is another athlete, another top athlete here in Ghana with a lot of potential, who absolutely Ghana needs to hold on to as we head into Budapest 2023 and next year's Olympic Games. But guess what again, she's considering abandoning athletics. (laughs) If you want to know why, you should stick on because she spoke to me after pulling down an earlier record set in 1991. Do enjoy is the locker room. Right, hello. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, by the grace of God. And uh, I, I
3: can see, I can <laughs> see the wall, the wall of honor behind. Me. You're flexing on us, aren't right you?
0: Oh no, I have them in my room. Like since I got to Lafayette, so it's not that I'm flexing on anyone. I have like. I was all over my
3: room so it's not. Right. okay but just kind of just uh, just before we start everything off like you know more officially kind j- can you just take us through the medals what is what represents and when was they won and all of that the ones that i think
0: you want me to bring all of them here oh my. no okay.
3: just the three behind you just the three behind you so There's three?
0: okay so i have um i think mark indoor um 2021 mark indoor um gold medal um mark indoor um long jump medal that's 2021 and 2021 mark indoor triple jump medal and i have uh the mark outdoor 2021 mark outdoor triple jump bronze and I, I, don't, I don't remember the silver unless i check my strong and i have the sun Belt, um indoor which is two days ago and bronze medals as well. And that one was uh last year, athlete of the week, when I broke the school record. And I got my all academics, oh, all American for junior college. That's the NJCA or 2019.
3: All right, that that's pretty impressive for someone who who traveled to the US let's say was it in 2018?
0: Yeah.
3: All right, great. So let's just get back a bit before we look at what you did just recently. How has it been this entire period? Three schools in five years, and in every school, you obtained an academic qualification, as well oh, wow. as doing a lot of impressive stuff in track and field. Hmm. How how has it been so far?
0: Oh, uh, so first of all, I like to turn my um my coach. Um, Mickey, um, he is such a wonderful person and he make me who I am today, although we fight him, but it's fine. Uh, and my OG, I call him my pops Wisdom low, I think you guys have heard about him going about giving our uh, athletes, um, like running shoes and my church mom and dad. Apostle Lasina from Hope Living Temple for supporting me all this while. My mom, my twin sister, and every person that I've come in contact with in my journey of athletics. I really appreciate everyone. And I want to say thank you. Um I I was in Lucy's in 2018, no, 2018, 2017, and um 2018 we had one guy coming to Clark County. Um that was the spring 2018, was is January. And he recommended me to the coaches and they talked to Coach Mickey and they had like, oh, okay. Um I think we, we can make her come. So um in 2018 after Visa Games, which I was holding the hundred meters record then, um I came here in August. 2018, and that's where my journey started. So I was in Cloud County Community College, Concordia, Kansas. And yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I had uh, the indoor um, long jump record, I have uh, the outdoor long jump record, and I was having the um, outdoor head, 100 meters record by someone. Who, uh, anyways, but I still got the indoor and outdoor long jump record.
3: That's pretty impressive, and yeah. I mean, looking at where we currently find ourselves, the space we currently find ourselves in, getting very close to the World Economic like Championships and also next year's Olympic Games, it's pretty impressive what you're doing and encouraging for that in terms so of getting a medal. We'll get to that being that aspect very soon. But one thing stands out for me you do 100 meters head you do long jumps, and you also do What was the last one?
0: Okay. So the triple jump. It's yeah, just, triple the jump. triple jump is just, by the way, it's not really, really my thing that I like to do, but I okay. always it's do like it's a side hustle, eh? Oh, yeah, it's a side hustle. So, yeah. but, but they don't see me like that. They don't, they think that I'm good at it, but I don't. Anyways, it's just by the way. So, yeah, I do like mostly, I love doing the headers at the long jump anyways, that's it's fine. But how is it like co-
3: combining the 100 meter ahead and the long jump? Because it's the long jump where you recently uh, you know, set the new school record. So how do you combine it?
0: Okay, so after um, junior college, this is it. After junior college, I transferred to University of Akron in Ohio. So that's where, I, so in Cloud, I did my assistant degree in psychology. Then I went to University of um, Akron to do my bachelor's degree in psychology too. But the coach there put me as a long jumper, not a hurdler. But the wife is a headless coach, so I can since I do both, I have to kind of do it because we want to win a championship. So basically, the coaches normally like athletes who does two or more events.
3: Oh, okay, that's interesting. All right, and 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 you're finding, you know, is it grace in in both fields?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I can say that. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, it's, it will not be smooth every year, like every season and stuff. So, kind of fight through it and it's happened. But, unfortunately for me, after I don't have the long jump record, I have the triple jump indoor and outdoor record. Yeah, you can't believe it. Yeah, just take that.
3: You have the indoor and outdoor record for as an event you call your side hustle. That is, that's more than... <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. I can't say much, but yeah. It's just part of it. It's funny how I was able to do that, by wow. That's where they saw like, ah, you you triped. I don't know, I'm not a triple but it's it's fun when you are doing like the event. It's fun. Like, you got the support from the teammates, your family. Was especially my Twitter stuff. My mom is known on social media, so she always ad- ad- updates my Twitter stuff about what's going. Oh yeah. So where did I get that? <laughs> Oh, you oh thought it was yeah. Uh, so oh, cool. Are okay. you sleepwalking <laughs>
3: again? <laughs> <laughs> let's go bring that on here. Let's go bring that on here. So, but, oh, yeah. but let's let's zoom in on uh, Louisiana. Uh, breaking okay. the 30-year old school record. When you are heading into this particular meet, were you aware of it that that this school had a 30-year old record, and was it your intention to go in and break it? No.
0: So, um, I didn't know I've broken the school record really. I was just going to do my normal thing like qualify for finals in the of try and win the long jump for my team so we can win the championship. And so uh, the indoor is a little bit different from the outdoor because the indoor use much energy to jump because there's no wind to support you. So I've been kind of striving through the long jump indoor a little bit. Um, so when I had the PR, like, okay, I think I've already like broke down the, the, the huge barrier that I want to by is fine. So when we got to the bus that we were going back to the hotel, that's when my coach said, uh, I have broken the school. Initially he said the 1993, which is the outdoor record. And it's later that I went back and check and it was like 91 or like, okay that's huge so yeah i didn't even think of i wasn't thinking about it normally i don't think about school record. i only think about my performances what i will do there and how what the outcome that i'll get from what i'm doing
3: so actually me in the midst of the race did even know you had done something like that
0: no i was just happy about my pr i called i called my dad and like I call my coach who normally are with when we have like we go to summer like, Hey, I, I jumped 624. I got a huge PR. Like we we're all happy about it. And it was later I told them that he had broke his school record and they were like happy about it. So, yeah, I didn't even know.
3: Oh, wow. wow. And so at, at that, obviously you were excited, but at that point where your coach revealed to you what you had just done, um, can, you, can you like recount the first emotions, their first, was it surprise? Was it like, oh my God, I can't breathe or, you know, that sort of stuff, you know? Oh no,
0: <laughs> it's just, I was just happy. Uh, basically, breaking record is sometimes, you know, it's normal, but it's later that I realized it was 91. That was like a 32 year old record. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I did something with this time around. It's like, the other one was like, maybe 2018, maybe like five years, maybe like 10 years record. But this one is like huge, you know? And yeah, I started sending my coaches messages and thanking them like, Hey, you guys made me who I am today. And I am still learning about like everything that you guys are teaching me. So I'm grateful, you know, it's just, I couldn't sleep. Though. So before the trip jump, that I couldn't sleep, uh, I was awake by 1.30 a.m. in the morning, I was struggling to sleep around like 4 or 5 a.m. Something like, I think I'm overjoyed, overwhelmed about that, <laughs> that record or something. At
3: that point, you returned my messages, I guess.
0: Oh, that was, not, uh, we were not about no, your messages was when we came back to the fight.
3: Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, for that long jump record, the national Record is held by Deborah Boracca. Um, oh yeah. yeah, the
0: big boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: you can you can say that. But uh, so, is this? some you already spoke about the fact that you don't go into you know events, you came to break records. you had to get to be, uh, improve on your personal best and all of that. But definitely, uh, there will be this there's this hidden desire to hold claims to something like a national record. It's huge, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's huge. Me? Okay. So once I, I don't see myself as a long way I just, I just normally do it for fun. Um, basically if I want to break the record, I want to break the, um, the heddles record. Guys, yeah, it has been there for a while though. So
3: yeah. So. so I guess if you're supposed to go, um, fully pro and then you had to choose have, which of those events are you going to pick? Uh, I
0: want heddles for my my coach said he will allow for me to go the long and triple. But uh, i would love to be the head of stock. But hey, I'm going for my retirement card anyway. So this hey, is my last year. Oh my re- I'm going for my retirement card. I have to retire. I'm tired. <laughs>
3: we are we, we are we are counting on you for, for some good for, for some good stuff in the world like this championships and Olympics. So you have, to, you, have, you have to slow down just a bit. But so oh. you know the <laughs> Atletic Championships yeah in August this
0: year, they it said- postponed it. Pardon? They postponed it. It won't yeah. come off. It's not going to come off again? No.
3: Wow. That is new to me.
0: That's the African Championship that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I know the African Championship. I'm talking about the World Athletics Championship. Who oh! That oh. The, the, win- world, the World Athletics. Huh. I don't know about that. You have to jump. Okay. So first we used to use our colleges, um, distances and times to qualify for the world championship in the Olympics, but now you have to go to a certain amount of meet, or you have to do your country. have to organize a satisfied competition for you to qualify for the world championship. Yeah. Yeah. So it won't be that easy. So like, if I, even if I jump like 6.50, 6.60, I cannot go unless I go to a certified um, competition organized by the school or sexist relay. I think they have some certain competition in America that you can use to qualify. Other than that, our small meet like that, you cannot use it to qualify anymore. Yeah, uh,
3: but, but you have intentions of being there, don't you?
0: Intentions? No, I'm thinking about my academics, right?
3: yeah you're you of what my academic is up right oh okay all right okay okay yeah yeah and uh i can see i mean i saw what you put out there the that first degree the associate degree then you the undergrad degree and now it will Yeah, you have about three degrees at the moment i'm also.
0: i'm doing my master's now i'm thinking of doing my phd after that so <laughs> yeah okay you have a long way to go
3: so, um, maybe there are no intentions of going full pro with athletics.
0: Maybe yes, maybe no, because you have to have a sponsor. Now the school is sponsoring me. So I can basically do much training with the team and stuff. And But when you are done, like mostly this year, when you are done with the eligibility, um, no help is coming, but you can still train with the team. But if they are going to a competition, the team cannot take you with them because it's again, the NCA rules. So you have to pay for your meet, you have to pay for your hotels, you have to pay for everything. So if you have a car, you have to drive to yourself to your meet. So that would be hard. But I guess some of them can do it. Not not right now.
3: Uh, I guess, yeah. I will just get to that point about uh, you know sponsorship and all of that. And um I, I mean uh with the tangent and with your track record at the moment, it shows that you have something in there and um hopefully we get some people in to support not just you and uh, but also the other couple of athletes out there, Ghanaian athletes who are doing really yeah. impressive.
0: Everyone is doing well and I appreciate We got some good athletes coming up. We got Grace Abo, um, Latifa Ali, Halut um Giftu Oku. Um, we got a guy at um, Central Arizona, um, Raza, and I think Patience and you got so much guys in the different different institutions and they are doing so much well and like i'm proud of them like ghana we will be in our best position this year this year if like we continue doing what we are doing this year and i'm proud of everyone
3: yeah and you no, know, the sports fraternity and the circles are also proud of you guys and what you're doing Continue being great thank
0: you thank you all right thanks we so appreciate good- you guys
3: yeah so just gone by was the joy sports sit down with jacqueline pokia and besides all her achievements on the on track and field in track and field she's a straight a student and if you don't believe it let me give you some proof She's an associate degree holder in psychology as well as a bachelor's degree holder in psychology. And she's currently doing her master's degree at you know, uh, the University of Louisiana. So there you have it, we'll be following closely her progress. And you know, in the last five years from three institutions, she holds a record from each institution she's been in. And being a student athlete, we think, you know, that's obviously imp- impressive. So you're going to see how that story goes. And uh follow closely to bring you updates as the World Alex Championship gets closer. But for now, it's time for some Formula One.
2: So Paris, let, let's stop at 5 We're stopping 1.1 behind. Verstappen, he is champion of the world in 2022.
3: Well, yeah, let's head into the Formula 1 now and the traditional season precursor of testing, you know, which ushers in every new season is on again. And whilst Maz vex topped their timesheets yesterday, today produced a new name, joining me via the phone line for analysis is Formula 1 expert, Raymond Yamado. Hello, Roman, and thanks for your time.
4: Um, good to you, and good evening to all. you.
3: Yeah, it's great having you. So let's get into it right then, shall we? Because today, Carlos Sainz topped the timesheets after this morning's round of testing. But that isn't the exact uh, you know thing I want us to focus on at the moment, because yesterday, although Vestapen topped, Ferrari were also in the mix. Vesperpin's time of one minute thirty-two seconds was, you know, just ahead of Fernando Alonso and also Carlos Sainz. But today, Carlos Sainz finished with almost four tenths a second quicker than Vesperpin's opening day mark. And all this only testing. Definitely, Sainz will lie off the fact that he's already challenging the top grids, uh, the top time speeds in the grid, wouldn't he? Well, I think that. Um a
4: lot of that, uh, a lot of the time sheet really doesn't come to much when it comes to testing. And there's always the saying that, that we always do the time sheet to the wolves or we actually run the time sheet especially after uh, testing like this. Because normally what happens during testing is we are trying to do parts of the time. you are trying to Clock as much time as possible you know just to be able to make sure that power unit is fine and you are trying to assess your reliability and so for the first two days of testing normally it's about what can the engine do can I get my you know can I get my unit right and normally during testing a lot of drivers and a lot of teams run different programs so, some teams could be setting out for pace. Some teams could be looking at some of their aerodynamic personalities and all. And so, normally, if can look at how the race is start, you have a lot of cars with aero and then you have the big glow flow base paint on it. And then you always have, you know, the cars trying as much as possible. You know, just just stay on the circuit for most of That's how it normally happens. And so, you know, when you look at it and you, you talk about who, you talk about you, who actually lead the pace state. And it, it's quite interesting because you know very well that when the season starts proper, Aromeo will be in the top 10. But Aromeo probably not even be in the top five. But during testing, because they have done about one, three laps all day today, you could always say making the fastest time or, you know, being the fastest market circuit means a lot. But we studied over the years to actually be able to tell that, look, no, what happens during pre-season, what happens during testing, it's not always a reflection of what happens. This is what we call the tarmac pound. You know, basically the a true tarmac pound to see what started to come up with So, I think that for all the data we spoke about, all the time we about, I think that when it comes to nothing. uh When it comes to the race itself when we go to when, when we stay for the next yeah I think uh, early March or the race pro. so All I think right. for tomorrow we might see a lot of cars set out for peace I think normally the third year of testing the drivers teams actually go for the pure peace that's when they change the
3: okay yeah up. so and, and, and that leads so, me into yeah it leads me into Red Bull the camp of Red Bull because you yeah. know yesterday Verstappen was on the great for the entire time, it was only Carlos Sainz, not Carlos Sainz. Actually, it was only Sergio Perez, uh, Vestapin's yep. teammate, who didn't make the grid yesterday because Red Bull decided to leave out Verstappen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you make of that decision? Is it funny in any way, or you think it's part of a grant or a bigger tactic of uh Red Bull to get Sergio Perez firing the season because he's a little bit underwhelming last season?
4: So what I think happened yesterday was that Red Bull did come in with a clear plan. So Max Verstappen will do one and a half days. And then um, Sergio Perez will go do another one and a half. And it clearly tells you the confidence they have in their type It clearly tells you that, look, Sergio Perez can actually track that car in a and, team and actually have that car being set for pace. And Max Verstappen will have absolutely no problem with that car. It clearly tells you that what Red Bull want to do is that they want both drivers have a feel of the car in every sense of it. So if you realize today Sergio um, Perez was using to prototype. Tomorrow you drink the car that Max Verstappen was driving. And tell it just that they look exactly at what they are doing. If if, if you look at that national circuit, it has a lot of big and Max Verstappen would have access the car and found that it's actually very well set up for pay. And so you give it to a driver who is also a very fantastic driver. And so I think it just tells you the confidence that Red Bull when it comes to drivers they can afford to have one driver sit out, check the car, and actually tell you that's a good car, have the other driver come, test the car and actually see how it comes to pay. So I think that it's just a statement from Red Bull that I look. I don't think that we are going to finish because of this and already, if you uh-huh. look at the pace the for the it it's testing, yes, yeah, but it clearly tells you um They will
3: continue to provide the laptop. Yeah, and that brings me to Mercedes. At, you know, with what happened last season, with which was a very terrible 2022 season for them, they couldn't. It was just at the latter part where they started to get grip into the season and all of that. There are so many eyeballs on them, especially as Lewis Hamilton is looking for that eighth world title, and also with their prodigy George Russell in their mix. He had a very good season last year, despite you know they're already. Retold uh, stories about Mercedes suffering and all of that. What have you made of them this season, their chassis and their their car, their library. How impressive is it looking? Well, that all-black Mercedes um, W40 challenger
4: looks really good. I mean, if you look at how that that, that, that library was that built. Beautiful, beautiful event. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But I think that for Mercedes, one of the key problems we had is the bouncing of the car.
3: That purpose in- yeah, the purpose in... the yeah. <laughs> um, and Raymond, so we'll please hold on. Can yeah. you just, like, reposition yourself a bit? I'm okay. just noticing there's a lot of breakages in the line.
4: Okay, very well. Can you hear me
3: now? Yeah, I think this is way better.
4: Much better. Okay, better. So, I was saying that Mercedes had a major problem of purpose in that season. So, that continuous bouncing of the car made it very difficult for the drivers. That's why the fact that Third Russell was able to make the most of it. This season... Mercedes have been able to solve that problem. And so, I listened to Toto wu commentary on the car. He said, the bouncing has stopped. They've been able to deal with the bouncing. Now, having dealt with the bouncing, which was their Achilles heel last season, you can only expect Mercedes to bounce back stronger this season. And so, I think that for most of what we've seen them do on the circuit, I can say we are seeing Mercedes not focusing on pace, Mercedes not focusing too much on You know, trying to catch up with Ferrari or trying to catch up with Red Bull, but just trying to set up in such a way that their reliability issues are good, they have a lot of mileage on the power units before they even think of you know, how fast the car can go. Because without doubt, Mercedes will not be the quickest car on the sector this year, but they do know how to get their car to perform in such a way that it will be efficient when it comes to managing races and when it comes to winning races. So I think that having dealt with that poor position issue, and having a much more stable car on the second. I think that you can only expect the best from Mercedes. You can only expect Lewis Hamilton to continue to show us what it's made of. I think that for both drivers, George Russell, uh, for Lewis Hamilton, and even Mick Schumacher, who has just joined, the reserve driver, I think that we're going to see a very competitive Mercedes team this season. And I think that um, we, we, we've not seen them really so much in testing. Some you could put down to, some, you know, um, what, what you call um, sand, sandbagging, where teams try to make their cars less efficient on the circuit,
0: mm-hmm. just yeah. to make
4: it, just to take pressure off them. They possibly don't want the hype. They don't want us to be talking about Mercedes being the quickest car and putting pressure on their drivers. So maybe a bit of sandbagging in there, but Mercedes definitely would be competing this season much, much better than they did last.
3: I would like to see how that goes and I'm re- I'm really glad that you sort of ended on the tangents of the individual drivers because when you consider the speeds uh the speed and the engines of Ferrari and Red Bull definitely for Mercedes where they're going to want to win is those individual duels and those races and uh, individual uh you know speed times and races and all of that but let's just yeah. wrap up a bit now with the midfield teams from what you've seen so far in testing now uh, which of them is looking promising you already mentioned uh is, was it Alpine? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So which which of the teams are you know looking a bit promising for you? Well, I think that um, you look at a team like
4: McLaren. McLaren do have quite um, a tricky lineup. So you have Oscar Piastri, who is a, who, who is joining the fold. You know, definitely would have to partner. You know, one of one of the drivers that you would expect to have a lot of experience, Lando Norris. And if you look at them, already they 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 are actually showing signs of having a good calendar on on the circuit. So I think McLaren would be one of the teams you should be paying attention to. Then you also talk about the fact that um, Fernando Alonso and his Alpine team are looking good. Um, you look at the fact that he himself, being a former world champion, will definitely come in there try to make a case for himself and so uh, definitely you want to look at uh, Fernando Alonso and what he does with that Alpine practice and talk about the fact that he can be what to reckon with Aston Martin's me, uh also look decent just uh, the fact that Lance Stroll hasn't been part of testing because um, he had a bike accident uh, he's been replaced by current Formula 2 champion uh, Felipe Dagovic. Uh he's in the mix uh, you could always expect that Aston um, Martin would also, you know, make 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 a make a good case for themselves in, in the course of the season. So I, I think that you're going to have a midfield that's going to be um, dealing with individual brilliance of some drivers because of their experience, and you'd have teams like the Alpha Tories with rookies in their team also struggling. So in terms of the midfield, I don't see how the likes of Team Haas, Alpine. Uh, McLaren, I don't, I don't see them upsetting the teams at the top. But, but
3: Larry, for, but for Haas, just wrap up yeah. quickly for Haas. Nico Halkenberg you know, someone who has done it before, confirmed he's done it before. Um, he he been in there. Wouldn't he want to push? Like, can't he push Haas a bit higher? They were very dreadful what? last season with very uh, with rookie, you know, drivers. Just I to wrap think
4: up. Haas would come up with uh, Kevin Magnussen and Halkenberg I think that for both drivers they have a team that has spent so much on the car they have invested so much on that machine but it's quite strange how the team just don't seem to get their orders right they seem not to get their strategy right get their drivers in that top half of the table and that's why some of us are a bit skeptical about it. Uh, just by the fact that they have two very experienced drivers uh i think that they, they, they may still struggle i, I, don't, I don't see them upsetting the the, the, the the top table so we are possibly looking at Alfa Romeo as always uh, we are talking about uh, Aston Martin and McLaren uh, for me these are the three teams that will be battling for the midfield I think team has for all the money that has been expected uh, not really shown that brilliance and so I I, I could easily write them off
3: but uh-huh. I could be wrong though alright okay and so I appreciate your time so much Raymond Nothing by this time, will be gearing for lights out in Bahrain, so you'll be back on our down nights 9.7. Are you happy with that? <laughs> sure, sure,
4: definitely. Right. I mean, promise it will be an interesting season, and we are so looking forward to it. And Bahrain being a place for testing definitely would serve as a good tonic when the race proper starts. So we'll see how things go in the next few, few days.
3: Yeah, we have our fingers locked on that. Thank you so much, Raymond. You're welcome. Let's head over to the football now because there, are, you know, some entertaining fixtures coming up this weekend. Arsenal and Leicester face-off uh, for Arsenal fans and Ghanaian fans, obviously. Black Stars. Uh, Thomas Partey. Unsure if he's going to feature against Leicester. Michael Ateta indicates that he's not training a lot this week because he's now recovering from an injury. He's going to, you know, decide if he's going to play this weekend based on training, uh, you know, results and training feedback. Which happened today, so we're going to keep our tabs on that and see if Thomas Party features this weekend. But Manchester City, they go away to Bournemouth. Chelsea struggling. Chelsea are locked in a landing that will be up against Tottenham Hotspur, Liverpool. Do I find some bit of form in the Premier League until that Real Madrid chancing on Tuesday. They go away to Crystal Palace, who are struggling to score. And Vieira says that maybe his team are struggling, and uh, uh, you know. Suffering low on confidence, you are going to see how that goes ahead for them. But yeah, West Ham will take on Nottingham Forest. Fulham will are going to play Wolves at 8 p.m. and Leeds United take on Mohamed Salisu And then come out and Southampton. But for those interested in La Liga, Barcelona, they'll not be happy what happened during midweek, but they have business to settle in La Liga. They are currently on top of the table. So we'll be looking forward to see what they do about Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid. Uh, we'll be clashing tomorrow at 5.30pm. A very big one if Real Madrid want to close the gap to Barcelona. who well, are ahead with about eight points. That's a very big gap. And in Syria, Empoli and Napoli face off. Victor Osimhen will be looking to add to his 20-goal tally. The Nigerian is absolutely on fire. And definitely, he'll be looking to score more goals tomorrow. Juventus take on Torino at home, whilst Inter Milan face off with Bologna. But for, t- but for this weekend, there's only one fixture, which is going to steal all the headlines. Two teams on opposite ends. Well, if you look at the form, they're not opposite ends. The Both teams are doing very well in the Premier League at the moment. And But also, yeah, again, if you look at the last time both teams played in the Cup Final, it's been quite some time. Manchester United, 2017, was the last time they played in the Cup Final. While Newcastle, their first time since 1997. That's a really long time. No, 1976, actually, a very long time. And both teams are going to look to end trophy droughts. More importantly, for those who are going to follow Manchester United fans, for me, we are going to get into the analysis. I have Nicholas Fawcett on the line. Nicholas, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Michelle. How are you doing, too? I'm great as well. Looking forward to this weekend. And in studio with me is Abdul Wadud, who is going to speak on behalf of Manchester United fans. Abdul, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's get let's let's get to the conversation right now. And I'm I'm thinking, eh, what what would the game be won or lost? if you look at the balance of this fixture. Nicholas, Newcastle have been doing really great stuff this season and they seem to be the talk of the town. All the matches are like United. Our strengths are really great form.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting when you look at Newcastle this season. We
3: all knew that when
1: the money comes in, you know, they're going to blow up. But I think it's, it's gone even better than they expected because when you actually look at your squad, you have to give a lot of credit to Eddie Howe because he hasn't signed as many players as you think that a, a, a club with the with the money Newcastle has was signed, but he's done exceptionally well. They feature well. They sign players who are you know efficient and proficient in their positions. The first one who comes to mind is Bruno Guimaraes, of course. I mean, when you look at the current transfer market, to get such a player of such quality for under 45 million pounds, I mean that's an absolute steal. Incredible. He was actually brought in in the middle of the season, and he's been the linchpin. He's reinvented, you know, players who were underperforming under previous managers and playing so well in different positions and playing so well this season. When you look at the likes of Joe Linton, you look at Kieran Trippier, who's who's rolled back the time. But yes, speaking of the positional changes I was talking about, Joe Linton has been, I mean, absolutely brilliant. Probably he's been, if you're going to rank the top five box-to-box midfielders in the Premier League this season, you are definitely going to rank you know, Jorginho uh, Sorry, um, Jorlington In there He came in as an Aspiring striker From the Bundesliga Obviously You know, the previous Manager couldn't um, Steve Bruce couldn't Get the best out of him But Eddie Howe Has been ass- absolutely Brilliant We all knew that The way he got Bonnard taken When he was at Bonnard A very small club I mean, when you, relatively A very A very small club Compared to the Bigger guns In the Premier League But he always Overperformed with them
3: They were very um, side very yeah, they got game.
1: relegated, and he finally got a big gig. I mean, he was brought into Newcastle to manage a team for some time. Then they'll bring in a bigger manager, but he's done so well; he's he's overperformed, and because of that, they've given him the full-time job, and he's doing wonders at Newcastle.
3: <laughs> you've given you've given him and Newcastle all the props, but in Manchester United, they are more wary of what to expect this weekend.
5: Everyone knows it's yep. a really strong and intense team. I uh, haven't conceded many goals this season. I think probably the best or, or the second best in Europe with uh, less goals conceded. But um, it's, it's more about us, it's more about what we can do toward them, what we can, uh, we can do in our intensity levels, passion levels and quality wise. Uh, because we know that it will be a pretty difficult final. Whatever was the opponent will be always difficult because it's a final, the desire, the passion to win a trophy is always at, uh, at, at the highest, so it doesn't matter if it was Newcastle or the other team, and, and I think we'll not change the, the desire to win from our side to their side, so we have at least to level that desire, that passion, and I have to put our qualities on the game and try to be the, better than them.
3: That was Manchester United midfielder Bruno Fernandes. Nicholas, I'm going to come back to you shortly, but let me break in Wadud now because um, you had you had from Bruno saying that giving Newcastle their props, yeah. giving them their flowers, and also indicating that they have to level that playing field because that design all of that is, is, is going to work yeah. for Newcastle if Manchester United just like lay back and sleep. Yeah. They are playing a lot of swagger football, but how do you think Manchester United can overcome all of that swag? Um.
5: With Bruno's comments, I think um, he doesn't really want to underrate Newcastle from the beginning of the game. He knows the threats and what Newcastle are capable of, especially this season. How they've been on fire, on rampage in the league. And even without without some key players in their last games, they've been able to pull Gavaris, off some draws. Red and stuff yeah, like that. The Red Card, they've been able to pull off some draws. But it's just some few games that they've not been really clinical and 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 Swift that's why they've drawn those games so Bruno doesn't really want to underrate them but with the firepower United are having right now I think they stand a better chance and are favourites against Newcastle come, going into the weekend
3: especially as you know their first choice goalkeepers are not around yeah. you speak about Nick Pope he's suspended also speak yeah. about Dubravka who is yeah. cap side
5: so they have that, to go with Loris Carrius and
3: uh, <laughs> you, if you look at it on the face of everything you think that is why well, uh, Manchester United can profit yeah, they can
5: probably. Because with the form of Marcus Rashford, <laughs> if you don't have a top goalkeeper goalie in post right now, Marcus Rashford can hurt you from any other angle. And missing out on Nick Pope is very is a very big blow for Newcastle going into this game.
3: I'm glad you mentioned uh, Marcus Rashford. And I'm sure Forson has some thoughts and views on Marcus Rashford and how he can be prominent this weekend. But there's a big but for Marcus Rashford.
4: I don't know. Um, so players now coming in and uh, we have to do uh, investigations uh, medical of course yesterday we did but uh, um, so straight after the game most of the time you can't say we have to wait for uh, uh, 100% diagnosed so let's do the medical the work we have to wait
3: Eric's in Hague sweating over the injury uh, situation of Marcus Rashford is not really fit for this game unable to train as much as they would have wanted as they are getting very close to a very big cup final. It's big for Manchester United because they've not won anything since 2017. So, Nicholas Forsen, just in case Rashford misses out, where is the glory going to come for United? I mean, uh, you you look at
1: Manchester United this season and reluctantly, I have to admit, they've they've, they've actually, you know, come at full circle earlier than expected at a we all knew how good the manager to have was at Ajax and everything, but he's gotten them to play as a team. You know, they're pairing as a, as a team unit and, I mean, it's obviously drawn a lot of envious eyes from other teams and other supporters. I think that United pulls a threat through the wings these days. Anthony scored a very, very vital goal for himself at Manchester United yesterday. I'm not going to believe that Rashford won't play. I think he's available. Sejag is playing some mind games. That's why I read into it. But I think Anthony <laughs> is going to be key. Of course, Bruno being the playmaker, the linchpin in midfield, you know how how much of an impact Casemiro has had. You have to look sure who's been reborn in the fullback position. You know, but I think the key for them will be Anthony because head-to-head he's going to go against someone who's always been like a laughingstock in the Premier League when you consider the fact that Newcastle United plays Dan Burn at the left back. He looks yeah. so awkward <laughs> there. He's gangly. He's six foot six. He looks as if he can't do a job there. But, I mean, you have to give him some credit. So far this season, Newcastle have by far the best defense in the Premier mm-hmm. League. Yeah. Probably they consider the least goal, I think, in the in the top five. But but but, but but
3: to be uh, but to be a bit fair, some of that is also down to the heroics of Nick Pope, and he being out my uh, my exactly. Um, yeah, I was I was, I was gonna I get there.
1: I feel that that's a huge mess for Newcastle. They defend as a unit, so that helps the goalkeeper a lot. When you look at the the, the consistency of Trippier, Botman. Fabian Cher, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, Dan Burn, they've been their consistent back four in even most of the cup matches as well. All right. So I think the defense itself works.